Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is Tuesday, September 28th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today to break down some of the latest recruiting headlines across the Big Ten landscape is Alan True, a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Back in the spring and and kind of to kick off the summer, we broke down some big storylines in every Power Five conference. So let's call this a progress report of sorts. Alan, how are we doing? Hey, doing well, Blair. You know, progress reports and teacher and parent conferences and and, and all that sort of stuff, That this is what kind of it, it reminds me of, right? The checking in on how things are going heading into the early signing period, which is less than three months away. I know you're a parent. What are those like now on the other side of things? Oh, they're interesting. You're always, our son does really well, but you're always still a little bit nervous that they'll find something that to tell you. Because it's, it's funny, you raise your kids, man, for like five years they're around you every day and then you turn them over and you don't see them for most of the day on the weekdays. So we're always kind of wondering like, what's he doing at school? I wonder what he says. I wonder how he interacts with other, other kids. And you don't really know those things until the parent teacher conference happens. So I guess if you follow recruiting day by day, you actually probably have a better idea of how your team is doing than we do of how our kid is doing until those parent teacher conferences happen. Imagine if there were message boards breaking down, you know, what little Timmy did, uh, you know, in, in third grade or, or how little Lucy is doing uh, during recess. I mean, that, that would be that would be very, very interesting. But let's get into some recruiting. Let's round it out or start it off with with Michigan. The Wolverines are off to a, a really good start in this season. They obviously had that marquee victory against Washington on primetime television. And we had Sam Webb here on the podcast breaking down what the environment was like there on that big recruiting weekend for the Wolverines. What have you seen from Michigan this cycle heading into the early signing period that gives you, you know, I guess maybe some optimism if you would, if you were a, a Wolverines fan? Yeah, I think that going into the fall, Michigan was one of the schools in the Big Ten that had the most to gain from the fall because of the targets that were left on the board. And also because I think more than any other school, you constantly heard the recruits saying, I really want to see how they do this season. You know, they're coming off um, what wasn't a very good 2020 season, adding a bunch of new coaches to the staff, changing the scheme on defense, tweaking some things on offense. So there were some unknowns there for recruits who really wanted to see what they looked like in the fall. So, so far, you couldn't have really drawn it up any better. They've won all the games, had the atmosphere that they've wanted uh, for that big night game against Washington, which is going to be the the game and the weekend that really propelled this class forward. So they've got 17 commits now, but I think they've still got, there's a lot of upside left in this class because of who's still left on the board for them. Uh, No one's bigger than the couple at the top, Walter Nolan, Josh Connerly, Damani Jackson. At one point in time, you would have thought it's kind of a long shot or a pipe dream for them to get any of those three guys. Now it's starting to seem like that's a very real possibility that they'll at least get one, maybe two of those guys outside shot. 
uh, getting all three. The situation at USC affecting Damani, Josh Connerly now getting a bunch of crystal balls to Michigan. And then coming behind that, you got two four-star defensive tackles in Kenneth Grant and Deion Walker, who Michigan is, is heavy favorites for on the crystal ball. They have a good chance to flip a Marion Walker from Notre Dame. This is coming after they already flipped Mason Graham. So everything's coming together really well for Michigan with another chance to impress this weekend uh, if they can take care of business against Wisconsin and uh, keep this win streak going here. I think that's the component that we need to highlight is that when you start doing things on the field, right, and, and continue to show that trajectory is trending upward and you are kind of backing up all the recruiting pitches that you're giving these recruits when you're talking to them via Zoom or FaceTime or on conversations and, and I guess now in-person meetings are, are back. But once you start to back up some of those claims, uh, then your recruiting class can really take off. And you mix that in with a big recruiting weekend, like you mentioned, with the Washington game. Uh, not only the recruits that were there, but the recruits that were watching at home on prime time, uh, getting to see everything kind of coming together with that defense, that offense. It, it seems more of a of a hardball team, more so than kind of what we saw out of them in 2020. And I think you're starting to see it. Josh Connerly in particular, with all the crystal balls going for the Wolverines at the moment, he's a player from the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest to be exact, a big time offensive tackle that has offers from all over the country. Is, is kind of seeing that physicality, that brand that really catapulted Jim Harbaugh into that different stratosphere in, in head coaching world, uh, what he was able to do at Stanford, bringing in that smash mouth football. And I think we're able to see what Michigan's doing on the offensive side of the ball. So one school definitely to watch here in, in the final two and a half months before the early signing period. Uh, let's stay in the state of Michigan. The, the Spartans right now, number five among Big Ten programs, but like Michigan also uh, undefeated to start the year. They've, they've had some, obviously some, some pretty marquee moments. They had that big win at Miami. They snuck past Nebraska this past weekend, but this is another class that's, that is beginning to take shape, Alan. Yeah. I think if you were to combine in the big 10 biggest surprise as a recruiting team and results on the field so far this fall, Michigan state might take the cake in both. They've obviously come off and started the season really well. Big road win against Miami, come back, beat Nebraska, and then have the number five class in the Big Ten. This is all with Mel Tucker and his staff uh, really not being able to get kids on campus much during the pandemic. You have kind of an odd season last year. So they're really just kind of getting started here. And so I think that the trajectory for them as a football team and as a recruiting staff, this is this is ahead of schedule, I think, to where you thought they could be. Um, but there were signs, there were hints at the end of last year's class, the way they closed that out, that told you these guys are serious about recruiting. And if they can get some momentum, uh, then they're going to put the effort and the personalities behind it to have some success. And that's exactly what's happening. They've also, you know, the kind of underrated part of this is a lot of the guys that they had gotten committed before this season are taking care of business. Antonio Gates Jr. having a really good senior season. Kayton Hauser went out to the Elite 11, did well following that up so far as a senior. Tyrell Henry having a really uh, good season so far. So a lot of the guys that they had evaluated and brought into the class, those guys are, are doing what they're supposed to do as seniors. So Michigan State right now has some good buzz. And if you know, I don't want to, I know both teams don't want to look ahead too far, but October 30th, Michigan, Michigan State, there's a chance both of those teams come in undefeated 
And uh, that would be a heck of a weekend here in, in Michigan if that does happen. Michael Masunas, another Michigan State commit from the state of Arizona. We bumped up uh, within the three stars recently. So he, he's uh, on the rise as well in our rankings, a 245-pound prospect who had a 73-yard touchdown scamper earlier this season. So he's he's definitely athletic and, and is kind of the prototypical recruit when you think about what Michigan State is trying to aim for in this 2022 class and building with their identity. Speaking of players that are getting a bump up, Carter Smith, Indiana commit. Uh, let's let's shift over to the Hoosers. We could talk about him and and their class and kind of what's going on there. What did what did we like about Carter Smith recently? Yeah, so Indiana, you know, the number six class in the Big Ten, number twenty six nationally. This is a good, really good class for them. It has a chance to be one of their highest ranked classes ever, and it's kind of pulled up at the top of the class by you know Desan McCullough. Travell Mullen, Jabron Payne, all big gets, but Carter Smith has a chance to, I think, be uh, one of the top guys in this class. So some of the things we liked about him, I think before this year, we liked his frame. Um, we liked every, you know, talking to his trainers and the people who have been around him. You liked the way that he worked. Um, you liked his potential. I think you just wanted to see him dominate more on the field. And this year he's come out and done that. He, the tape is a progression. It's exactly what you would want it to be. Last year was good tape. This year as a senior with added weight and strength, you would expect to see that show up and it has. And then, you know, they added bonus and all this. I think all of us really enjoyed watching his volleyball tape, which might sound kind of funny, but when you've got a guy who's, you know, six, five plus 200, I think he's 280 pounds now can get up in the air like that and spike the ball. And that shows some athleticism that, you know, he's not, he's not jumping way up in the air on his football film. So again, let's you see some coordination and let's you see some explosion. And then on top of all that, Indiana has done a really good job at the position. When you look at the guys that they've pumped out and a lot of them weren't top recruits, the Roger Saffolds, the Jason Spriggs, Dan Feeney, uh, you know, Wes Martin, Simon Stepanek, you know, all those guys have gotten drafted in the last 10 years as offensive linemen out of Indiana. And those guys weren't all four-star recruits. In fact, many of them were three-star recruits. So they've done a really good job developing that position. And we think Carter Smith is one that really they kind of stole. Uh, they won a good recruiting battle for him, but you know, Ohio State was trying to get him on an official visit. I think people were starting to figure it out, but uh, he's a really, really good get for them. We're joined by Alan True. You could follow him on Twitter at Alan True. He's a recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. The big game, uh, I guess, right now, as we look ahead to, to this weekend for Rutgers, uh, you know, it's kind of their marquee home game against Ohio State. And it's a battle between two programs that landed quarterbacks that were originally in the 2022 class that have since reclassified and are now on campus. Of course, we're talking about five-star Quinn Ewers and four-star Gavin Wimsat. Both of them were at the Elite 11 finals this past summer. We got to see both of them in person. Alan, you and I were were on camera duty that whole week. Uh, you, you more so than, than me. But obviously, this is, I think, we're not going to see Quinn Ewers versus Gavin Wimsat on Saturday in New Jersey, but this could be a kind of a sneak peek of what we're going to see down the road between those two schools yeah i'm interested to see how many more guys end up doing this you know i remember when kids first started enrolling mid-year and guys first started participating in bowl practices as high school seniors that was a pretty foreign concept and then it worked out for some of those guys and more and more kids started to do it i think the experiences of a gavin Wimsett or quinn yours to see is this beneficial for them is going to maybe set the stage for how many more end up doing this in the future. I do think that when you look at guys who can do this off the bat, you do expect it more to be quarterbacks at the start. Um, and, and these two guys are, are cornerstones for their class. 
Quinn, you've got a guy who obviously could really take advantage of the NIL deals uh, and has and, and, and is in a unique situation to be able to do that that others aren't. But it gives a guy like Wimsett, who I think has a lot of tools, a chance to come in and start learning the offense, start kind of being around the atmosphere, start practicing with the team. And I think it's going to I think it's going to really help Gavin. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Quinn moving forward because now you have Cal McCord played really well against Akron this past weekend. And I had kind of said all along that people are talking about the CJ Stroud to Quinn Ewers bridge while forgetting about Cal McCord. This is a guy that won multiple state titles in high school at a good high school. He's not, he's not going to come there just to be somebody's backup. So that will be an interesting situation to see how it all plays out. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this reclassifying because you've, you've seen a couple guys do it now and I think it could become more common. Yeah, the big I think topic there is is trading off what would be your senior reps and your 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 game repetition and being able to uh, you know go in there and kind of lead an offense for a whole high school season instead of going into a college and you know working out and and getting ready for for the college game but learning the offense and all that. So that's kind of the trade off there is live game reps or you're preparing for the next level. And I think like you said, it, they're kind of like guinea pigs, right? Where we're going to look at them and really dissect whether or not that decision that they both made paid off in, in, in a football sense. Last but not least, Alan, certainly not least, the Penn State Nittany Lions right now, the number one recruiting class in the nation, obviously the number one class in the Big Ten. They just had their big whiteout game against Auburn. I feel like they'll they'll have a second one as well in conference to to kind of you know continue to round things up. But this class has been taking shape for, for a long time. I'm not sure there's a lot of room left in this class, but the the pieces that they've put together already are, are quite impressive. Yeah. And, you know, when you can have that kind of atmosphere, uh, we just talked about Michigan having that big weekend with Washington. It's the same thing for Penn State in that Auburn game. And uh, it really, you're starting to see that, like you mentioned, take shape with the 23 class because you got 25 commits already in this class. So, not a ton of room left, but they had a lot of underclassmen up for that game. And you're already seeing some crystal balls come through, a lot of them in the 2023 class. You've got Phil Picciotti, a linebacker from in-state, Joey Schlaffer, in-state tight end, and offense four-star offensive lineman Antonio Tripp all being predicted to Penn State recently. You've got Dante Moore, who five-star quarterback who came up from Detroit. I think Penn State's closing the gap with him and some of the other schools on his list. So I think when you look at a team who's having some success on the field, who puts together an atmosphere like that, has got the number one class in the country right now, that's they're in the, in the Big Ten and in the country right now. When you've got 25 commits going into the season, it allows you to focus more on that next class moving forward. And that's exactly what they're doing. So they're getting some serious momentum towards 2023. And uh, I think that's another class that's going to contend to be one of the tops in the country already three commits and number seven in that 2023 class. Yeah, James Franklin is always one of those names that we hear uh, during the the you know the coaching carousel, and and he's on basically every hot board whenever there's a big job opening. So I'm I'm curious what the USC opening will do because we've already seen his name floated around, and you know if that at all affects recruiting, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Alan, before we let you go, what's one big topic or storyline in the Big Ten that you'll be tracking here in the next two and a half months before we storm into the early signing period? You know, I think that's the one is, will Penn State hold on to that top spot? Um, you've seen Ohio State essentially you know, keep the top spot 
in the conference rankings. Do you expect Ohio State to be the top school recruiting school in the conference? They did it last year. You know, I think it was uh, two years ago that Michigan and Penn State were able to to knock them off the perch. But can Penn State hold off the challenges from Ohio State and Michigan? Um, like I said, I think Michigan's got a whole lot of upside, a lot of meat on the bone still for them to. You know, if they get the Josh Connerlys and if they can get a Damani Jackson and the Kenneth Grants and those guys, I think Michigan will challenge Penn State. So can Penn State hold on here to that top spot in the Big Ten? That's the biggest big picture recruiting topic in the conference for the next couple of months. Alan True bringing the goods during a, another parent-teacher conference, Alan, and, and obviously a very thorough progress report there on the Big Ten. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Alan. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Alan True. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan True. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. If you like the show, please help us out and give us those five stars. Subscribe and leave a review. Remember, stay locked into 247sports.com for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team. For recruiting analyst Alan True and producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.